This is Leah Garces. I'm the president of Mercy for Animals. Um, I'm so glad to be able to still talk to you. Uh, I wish I could see you in person at EAG, but this is a pretty good second. And I hope wherever you are, you're staying sane and healthy and safe, and that this provides a distraction for just a minute or two from these uncertain times that we are in. Today, I'm going to present to you something uh, that Mercy for Animals is calling the 80% and a new tool that we are developing specifically to help us understand how best can we help farmed animals in the most neglected and potentially highest impact regions in the world, especially considering that Farmed animals receive such a small portion of the philanthropic dollar that is available uh, to all causes. So if we look at the world and how it is and how it's progressed in recent times, the FAO estimates that 850 million people around the globe are undernourished, going to bed hungry every single night. Now, that could make us feel extremely pessimistic but if we look at the trajectory of this number, we should be feeling optimistic. In fact, the world is getting better. And, uh, and yes, of course, we continue to have huge and urgent human problems to solve. But overall, we're seeing huge improvements in the last decades on many, many fronts. These include things like democracy. There is a rise in people living in democracy in countries entering democracy. There's a rise in vaccination uptake and availability, which increases overall human health. And this has resulted in a decrease in child mortality, especially in countries like China or Brazil, where we're seeing whole portions, large portions of these countries being lifted out of poverty and into the middle class. So that's a great thing for humans, of course. While the world has gotten a lot better for humans, unfortunately, this means that it's gotten a lot worse for farmed animals. And in fact, today we're living in a time when we are producing and consuming more farmed animals than ever before in history. And that applies especially to, in terms of individual numbers, to chickens and fish. And the actual farms today that we have are more concentrated than ever before. So they can find today, farms can find 11 times more vertebrate animals than they did just 50 years ago. About 150 billion animals at a time. And the FAO projects that if we carry on as we are consuming and producing, that factory farms will confine an additional roughly 90 billion farmed animals by 2050. So that's 20 for every human being on the planet. The number of animals we can find and slaughter only for human consumption every single year is more than the total amount of humans that have ever lived on the planet. And that's just one year. If we take a step back and look at how many animals were confined and slaughtered for food over the last 20 years, it's more than 30 times the amount of humans that have ever lived on the planet. We're talking about huge amounts of individual suffering. Almost 200 billion land animals and fish are confined and slaughtered every year for food worldwide. 
And this number doesn't include crustaceans like shrimp or wild fish. If it did, it would be in the trillions. And of course, the way these animals are kept causes huge amounts of suffering. They're confined in factory farms and they spend the entirety of their life closely confined, unable to express their natural behavior or get what they need and want as sentient beings. These are just three examples that I'm showing you here. Battery cages, which are confining laying hens to produce eggs. This is where hens are unable to do the most basic instinctual behaviors that they want to do, like scratch, peck, perch, and nest. They're confined with six, eight, sometimes more animals, and they're unable to flap their wings freely. They're unable to move around freely. They often fight with each other to the extent that they cannibalize each other. And the industry solution to that is to cut off the tip of the beak instead of resolving the environment they're in. The middle one is the typical way in which mother pigs are kept in the industry. They're called gestation crates. These are narrow crates, metal crates, where the pregnant pig is unable to turn around at all ever during her pregnancy. She can barely find her way down onto her side one side or the other, and then barely find her way back up again. And if you don't know, mother pigs are instinctually driven to do things like build nests before they give birth, but she is unable to do that. She's living on a concrete floor. The one on the right is typically how dairy cows can be kept around the world. They're tethered, unable to move, and unable to express even the most basic movement instinctual behaviors that they would like to do. And not featured in these pictures are fish and meat chickens. And they are equally confined in close quarters um, and suffer all kinds of problems related to their fast growth, to disease, um, and other, uh, other welfare issues related to them being just totally unable to live a natural life, a life where they are instinctually driven to express their natural behavior. So there is a tremendous amount of suffering in these systems which is happening every year and is increasing every year. So let's look at where this is happening in the world. Where is this suffering happening? If we look at this map, it helps us understand that. So currently 6% of farmed animals alive at any one moment either live in the United States or the European Union. However, 85% of the total farm animal budget that we are spending as a movement is spent in these regions. If you flip that coin, we have 80% of farmed animals alive at any one moment living in Latin America, Southeast Asia, including India and China. And only 10% of the total budget is going to this region. So that's why Mercy for Animals is starting a new project called the 80%. And beginning to frame the way we're making decisions and thinking and putting our resources towards increasingly this 80%. Most animal suffering occurs in this region, and there are few organizations and efforts or resources uh, addressing this issue. And because of the scale and the neglect, which are two really big um, issues and ways of framing a problem for an effective altruist, uh, there's big opportunities for the movement in this region. So how can we help the entire movement maximize our impact in this region? 
So the the fact is that most effective altruists and most animal rights uh, movement members are totally aware of this fact and most want to intervene in Asia. But the problem is there's very few case studies on how to do this. There's very little data available on what's working and what's not. And there are very uh, few, few and far between. There are some very good ones, but there's very few, relatively speaking, local groups. Um, and they're not even resourced that well. So Mercy for Animals is creating a new tool, a new index in which we're going to try to look at this. So we started by thinking about the three things that uh, frame an EA um, problem. So scale, neglect, and tractability. So really the fact is that scale and neglectedness are relatively easy for us to figure out. There's plenty of data available for the movement. That's the reason why we have a significant number of organizations thinking about planning to work in Asia, for example. However, that last one, tractability, is a much more challenging one. And also, it's often not very well considered by movements and organizations, especially uh, because different countries, especially developing countries, have completely different social, cultural, and economic dynamics. So for this reason, considering only animal rights work right now, when evaluating how and where we're going to prioritize our efforts, the tractability for Mercy for Animals has become the most important factor as we move forward. And it's become very important in the tool that we are developing, which I'm going to share with you a little bit. And when we look at this, like tractability in the United States and European, European Union, for example, um, we tried to think about like, why has it been successful in these regions? What, and, and yes, there's huge numbers of animals and there's, um, there, there at one point probably was neglecting this, but the, the real reason we've had success in these countries and these regions is because of tractability. There's a, and, and what does that mean? There's a long history of awareness, stable democracy, stable state of food economy. We've tried to think about what does tractability mean for, for the animal rights movement. And we tried to lay that out into a number of factors that we're going to start measuring and looking at in any new region we enter. So tractability measures, they're, you know, a cop trying to give us a more complete understanding of Southeast Asia and Latin America as we move into them and try to figure out where our resources are best spent. So these include things like what is the political climate? So prevalence of democracy, level of corruption, freedom of press, level of xenophobia. What is the economic environment like? Income levels, uh, population projections, the percentage of money income that's spent on food, education levels. What is the food economy like? Um, again, what is, what is the amount of Income spent on food would be another factor in this category. Meat consumption, meat production. What is the attitude towards animal cruelty, for example? Um, do people have a certain level of freedom of speech? Can they participate in social media? Can they participate in protests? Are there laws already in place to protect animals? What level of cultural influence does this country have on the whole world? So it would make it more important if it is an influential uh, country in a region or in the world. So these are some of the factors that we've begun to lay out. 
And we've laid them out into what we're calling the Farm Animal Opportunity Index. So this is to help the entire movement address this question. Mercy for Animals is in introducing this index uh, sometime this year, and we're developing it now. And I wanted to share a little bit more about it with you. The index is this composite indicator that provides a holistic assessment um, to help us understand where and what, where we can help farmed animals and how we can help farmed animals, what programs and projects might be the most successful as we move forward. Each of these factors here uh, have a bunch of sub factors that help us see the whole picture. And these are things like the EA framework, um, kind of the mindset, which is this idea of the, you know, the three areas of scale, neglectedness, and tractability. You can see them all in here. Uh, and each of these sub factors help us make a calculation or an assessment of will we or will we not be successful? So these are some of the factors listed here that we've identified in the tool, uh, the animal statistics, human stats, uh, global influence, uh, export import rates, neglect by the movement, political and legislative environment, some of those things I just talked to you about, um, and audience analysis. So these are things that we are looking at existing uh, indexes and, and existing resources to help us uh, look at that. And we are going to start the pilot, the project, with a focus on China, India, and Southeast Asia, plus the countries that Mercy for Animals is already working in, in the Americas. So that is the United States, Mexico, and Brazil. Um, and you can see we've divided it under kind of the, the, the three areas, scale, neglectedness, and tractability. Um, and we have a bunch of sub-factors under each of these that will uh, help create the composite tool. And I'll move my picture over here so you can maybe see it better and look at it for a minute. So because some of the tractability issues are um, subjective and difficult to measure. Uh, we are allowing, we're going to allow people to be able to play around with the tool. Uh, we will give the user the chance to put the weight that they think each factor should have. So they'll be able to play with the three factors of which they think is important for their analysis, um, which might be different from our analysis. And since it's much easier to evaluate things like scale and neglectedness factors, Mercy for Animals is putting um, a little more weight on tractability factor because in some cases, it might mean that some types of work would be extremely difficult if we don't have tractability to, if not impossible to even, to even uh, move forward with. And, um, Basically, our index will highlight potential opportunity work in the four most common areas of work that the movement uh, works in right now, four programmatic areas. So that is uh, public engagement, what we call public engagement, which is uh, awareness raising, two, movement building, three, corporate engagement, and four, the sort of government policy work. 
Uh, and they, there will be in, sub indexes created for each of these four areas. So there'll be kind of a index or a, a categorization of four categories in which you'll get a kind of grade, an index for each of, each of these four areas, um, which we've assessed are the four areas that most groups are, are working in and the movement uh, has identified as, you know, programmatic areas of importance for moving, um, the farmed animal issue forward. And depending on the animal advocacy group, the index helps inform decision makers in different ways. So because the, the four areas may help you identify, for example, uh, potential opportunities to increase awareness work, but then see that institutional change is not working, has big challenges. That's, this is the way the, the index might um, come out. Or... In other regions, it might show potential opportunities for awareness work and legislative work, but say that, you know, the ground is not fertile for corporate engagement, for example. Um, so that's this is what the results might look like based on the all of the factors, all of the sub fact factors feeding into the index. Um, and we're playing around with this. We're working with the tool. Um, we're using as many resources as we can globally to help us uh, inform the tool and create the index. Now, what I would say about this is it's not a magic tool. And I think that's really a point I want to get across. The index is not meant to be the only tool you use to make a decision and on how to move forward and what to move forward. And it's meant to be one of the tools that you use. Um, and we recommend using a mix, mixed method approach, uh, using different fac factors to help you make your decision. But we hope this tool will be really helpful, a new tool to help you um, have more information as you move forward, as we all move forward into these regions that are neglected and are huge scale, 80% of farmed animals in these regions. Um, there are a lot of factors that we have not accounted for in this, and, and here's a few of them, but they're very difficult to measure and we don't know of anyone measuring them well. And these are things like social media influencers or attitudes towards animals or, um, for example, food neophobia, where they're afraid of new food and measuring that in a society and how that would affect, um, for example, a, a new plant-based product coming in. And it really is just highlighting the countries that need to be further examined. And um, I think that what I, again, recommend, this isn't a magic tool. It's meant to be something that helps inform your decision, but doesn't make the decision for you. Uh, so a lot, this, all of this information we're planning to release this calendar year. Um, we want it to be a tool for everyone. We're very excited to share and accelerate the movement's progress into the 80%. Um, if you have more questions, suggestions, ideas, if you're working on this too, let's work together. Um, my brilliant coworker, Rashmit, has been leading in this project. He's our agriculture economist. You can uh, see his email there. And you can also contact me if you have suggestions, thoughts, or ideas. That is all for me today. I hope I provided um, an interesting, stimulating idea to you today. And I hope to see you all again soon. In the meantime, stay sane, stay happy, stay healthy, and good luck in all the work you're doing. It's very important. Carry on.